The purpose of a book is to record information, capture stories, and spread knowledge. So, would anyone read a book that they can't understand? Surprisingly, many have attempted to do so. Most of whom were renowned scholars, and yet, after a century of time, no one had been able to understand its content. Good morning. This is One Time Pod. My name is Jojo, and I'm your host for the day. The theme in discussion is the Voynich Manuscript, a mystery that has puzzled cryptographers since the day it first went public. The manuscript was named after Wilfred Voynich, who opened an antique bookstore in London in 1898. He was known for collecting rare editions and original manuscripts. The value of his collections was over half a million at one time, and out of all his collections, the most prominent is the one bearing his name, which he claimed to have purchased in Villa Mondragone, Italy, in 1912. The 240-page book is 9.3 by 6.4 by 2 inches, with both sophisticated illustrations and large paragraphs of written text inside. Imagine holding the book in your hands. The pages are brownish, with abrasion on the corners. Bindings and covers of the manuscript were of goatskin. As you open the book, like many other viewers of the mysterious manuscript, you would be blown away by the delicacy of illustrations inside. The detailed drawings were mainly of stars, herbs, and animals. The extraordinary techniques and vibrant colors of those pen drawings once made experts suspect that they came out of the hands of the famous Da Vinci in the 15th century. The alphabets used in the manuscript were unseen before in any other languages, and thus unreadable. They were written from left to right, and clearly more than one handwriting were present. The bizarre letters were curly, some taller than others, and used consistently throughout the script. Attempts made to decipher its content has amounted to no results. Drawings have led experts to believe that the book is perhaps an encyclopedia of some sort. Could it be a lost language, with the attempt to record an entire civilization? Could it be an encryption, a mad scientist trying to hide his findings? Could it be a medieval spell book written by a witch? Could it be, after all, a hoax? Speculations have mostly revolved around who wrote it, what was written, and most importantly, how we could read it. The questions of the book's history is as important as those of its context. If it's clear who had written it, we might have a better understanding of the purpose of the text, its audience, and the types of ciphers used. Now speaking is a fellow one-time podcast host, Zenny, an enthusiast in cryptography. A major breakthrough adopting new technology has occurred in 2009 with carbon dating. It was performed at the University of Arizona by tracking the relatively stable element carbon-14, which is a rare radioisotope of carbon. Since the Voynich manuscript is produced on animal skin, the level of carbon-14 is predictable over time. Carbon dating has placed the creation of the manuscript between 1404 and 1438, around 500 years earlier than when Voynich first purchased the book. It's clear that the Voynich manuscript had most probably a few owners before Voynich himself. People have suspected that the Roman emperor and the king of Bohemia, Rudolf II, was the first owner of the manuscript. The discovery was made from a few letters written around the 16th century. It is not unusual for an emperor to collect such a rare manuscript, but at this point, so much unsolved mystery has clouded the book that make many wonder: 
Is it in fact a real book, or a hoax by a forger to make some money off of the gullible emperor? But could we have fallen into the trap for centuries? All scholars competent to judge the manuscript were and still are agreed that many scholars have denied the possibility of it being a hoax. These are the words of cryptologist Elizabeth Friedman. It is definitely not a hoax or the doodling of psychotic, but is a homogenous creative work of a serious scholar who had something to convey. And she has strong reasons to believe so. The arrangement of alphabets in the manuscript closely resembles which in the actual language. Certain groups of letters are more likely to appear together rather than separated, and certain symbols appear at higher frequencies than others. Further statistical analysis of the manuscript has proved that it follows Ziff's law. Ziff's law states that the frequency of a word is inversely proportional to its rank in the frequency table. Let's take the English language as an example. The most frequently used word in English is the, the. It's ranked number one, and its frequency should be proportional to one over one, which is one. The second most frequent word is off, of. It's ranked number two, and its frequency should be proportional to one over two. The same rule applies for all words in English. If you graph out all the word frequencies with the x-axis as the word's ranking in frequency table, and the y-axis as the word's frequency itself, the graph should decrease rapidly for the first half of the curve, and continues to decrease gradually until it approaches the x-axis. Ziff's law applies to most known languages. Thus, as the manuscript itself falls under the law, it's unlikely that its content resulted from a stochastic process of randomly generated words. It is possible that the Voynich manuscript was written in an actual language that is unknown to us. The manuscript might have been a scholar's attempt to record a culture that only possessed a verbal language. However, as we were never able to acquire the whereabouts of the author, the purpose of the manuscript remains unknown. The Voynich manuscript could also be an encrypted book with its plain text written in a language used in the medieval times. Since the book was written in the 15th century, a time where most of the common encryption methods remained undiscovered, it's most likely that the book used a substitution cipher, where every letter in the plain text was represented by an invented symbol in the cipher text. While it's clear that the manuscript isn't encoding for European language with a new alphabetic system. It's possible that its plain text was written in Latin or an East Asian language. Researchers at University of Alberta have claimed in January that they have detected the source language of the manuscript using artificial intelligence technology. Their findings were published in Transactions of the Association of Computational Linguistics. By comparing certain qualities of languages, such as frequencies of letters and letter combinations. Researchers were able to determine unique features of different languages. They then created an algorithm to compare the pattern for its Voynich manuscript to those of existing languages. They claim that the source language is Hebrew. I'm not so sure about that. Cryptographers remain pessimistic about the breakthrough. Hebrew, as many other languages, has been identified as the plain text before, yet the efforts to decipher the script has failed. Another loophole is the difference between modern and ancient language. While the AI was trained to identify modern languages, the manuscript would have been written with an ancient version of the language. 
You can see the difference between Shakespeare English and our English. Pretty obvious, actually. However, relying on other language experts, the research team claimed to have deciphered the first sentence, which reads as: "She made recommendations to the priest, man of the house, and me and people." A peculiar sentence, yet not an unreasonable start for manuscript. Other more conventional methods of approaching the manuscript are to start from the pictures, through the identifiable pictures of herbs and stars. Cryptographers have been able to determine the meaning of a few words, though the rest of the text remains ambivalent. Voynich passed away in March 1930. After that, the Voynich manuscript spent 30 years inside a bank vault. In 1960, Anne Neil inherited the manuscript following the death of Voynich's wife, Ethel. The trusted secretary of Voynich sold the manuscript to prominent rare book dealer Hans Klaus a year later, for twenty-four thousand and five hundred dollars, plus half the proceeds of any future sale. Klaus tried to sell the manuscript at the price of one hundred sixty thousand dollars, but he failed to do so. In 1969, the manuscript was donated to Beinecke Library, 39 years after Voynich's death. The book has been housed in the Yale Library ever since. Encryption through language has long troubled cryptographers. A prominent example of which would be the Navajo code talkers, whose communications remained invincible throughout World War II. The combination of linguistics and mathematics has proved to produce the strongest ciphers. The manuscript has still, to this day, remained a mystery. Up till this point, all the effort that has been put into deciphering this book has ended in vain. Many have questioned the purpose of trying to solve such a mystery. What's the use of reading it after all? However, as many experts once said. The book might contain valuable knowledge that could help us with the scientific and technological discoveries today. It might offer us insight to a lost civilization, or represent a breakthrough in the world of cryptography. After all, what's the use of all cryptanalysis if not to solve the unsolvable? Thank you for joining me at One Time Pod today. I'm your host Jojo, and I hope you enjoy this week's show. Bye.